You're listening to the New Century Multiverse. Secret Rooms. Definitive Edition. Chapter 13. The Abandonment. From the Journal of Private James Penrose, New Athens, West Virginia, October 17th, 1882. I have walked to the sound of commotion in the streets outside. A series of caravans were being removed from storage by dozens of townspeople and were in the process of being loaded for what looked like a long journey. I had slept fully clothed so as to be ready for action were it required, and so hurried downstairs immediately only to find Abigail and Oakley stood outside the front door. How many are leaving? Near half of them, heading west for the Pan State Line. Can we intervene? Is there a standard procedure for this? Nope. They know the risks. We explained them pretty clearly yesterday. See, this is one of those very difficult situations. They ain't threatening us. Anymore. So we don't have to defend ourselves. But maybe we could try reasoning with their leader. There. Sheriff Sampson. Go ahead, Private Gray. You gotta be kidding me. What the hell am I supposed to say? Darling... It might seem like I'm leaving you twisting here, but I have no answer. Well, that's just peachy. You want me to handle it, then? No. These may not be my people, but this is my town. Hey, Sheriff. Private Gray. Can we talk? I mean, what's going on here? You all are leaving? That's right. Because of us. You're just leaving your homes. They were borrowed homes at best, Miss Gray. We don't feel welcome in this part of the country anymore, so we're moving on. Of course you're welcome. We want you here, all of you. Don't you want to see the Wendigo gone? Isn't that worth fighting for? Not alongside people who label us secessionists if we say no. That ain't no kind of choice. That's what this is about? Choice? You think many people out there have much of a choice about how they live their lives? I'd say, and these folks all agree, that without that choice, it ain't living at all. Think about it, Gray. When the dust settles and the Wendigos are all dead, who's going to be deciding our lives then? I understand how bad it sounds when you put it like that. I felt something similar when I first heard it. But me and mine were just so tired of subsisting and we wanted to get back to something like how we used to be. Saying yes to this just seemed like the best possible way to do that. Weren't my choice. Ultimately, it was our leader's. And now that you mention it, I guess it weren't hers either since we was all dependent on her. From the looks of things, you're under similar pressures. You're right there. Every single one of these people is looking to me to guide them away from here. Right. Now, imagine if the whole country was looking to you. I've never met him, but this direct Arlington sounds like a good man trying his best. Say we do leave here and we make it to the border to the west. What do you think is going to happen to us when we get there? I mean, from the sounds of it, they'll try to stop you. And what if we won't be stopped? I honestly don't know. The book makes it sound pretty serious. There's your answer, Miss Gray. Whether they detain us, 
imprison us, send us back to where we came, or shoot us all on the spot. Man, woman, and child, me and all these here people want to know, and we figure it's worth our lives finding out. Come talk to me again before we leave, but I think we're done now. Wait, hold on. I got one last thing. What? Now, this is new to me. I only found it out a few days ago talking to a friend, and it don't say nothing about it in the book. But this Director Arlington, the man who put all of this together, the man at the very tippity top, well, he's a former slave, a Negro. At this, Oakley looked sharply at Abigail, but the deed was done. The cat was out of the bag now, and I confess, I was rather surprised at this revelation myself. Captain can confirm this one, right? It's not commonly known information, but Private Gray is correct. There you go. He escaped from Mississippi and fought for the North for the freedom of his people and survived that. Survived the Wendigo and the fall of Washington and ascended the ranks until he could make some real changes. And... Well, from what I hear, he came from a place of vile oppression. Seems to me a person like that would have a vested interest in not seeing that kind of situation revisited. Besides which, I figured someone like you would be able to relate to that a little. Miss Gray, my mother was a slave and a negro. The reason I exist is because her master treated her exactly as he wished, and that included claiming her. She had no choice in the matter, and I was the product of that repeated violation. Now, when my husband was a boy, he used to get beaten something fierce by his daddy. The man called him worthless and lower than a dog. He cried about it to me when we were younger, and I felt for him. Time passes, we have kids of our own, and the day comes I see him doing the same thing to them. Not too hard at first, but when he was drunk, he would throw us all around the house, treating us exactly as he wished. We feared what was inside of him. The pain and anger beaten into that man in his youth had stayed there occupying his body like a disease. It was all we could do to not succumb to this infection ourselves. So no, ma'am, you telling me the fellow wrote this used to take a whipping does not fill me with confidence. If anything, I'm more concerned than I was previous. I'm so sorry, Mary. I ain't got no follow-up to that. Aside from... If you'll forgive me for saying so, I'd like to meet that husband of yours and show him a thing or two. Just hearing you talk that way is boiling my blood. You can take it up with him in our cemetery. Now, if you'll excuse me. Do you need any help? No, we don't. But thank you anyway. She loped back to her charges, and Abigail stood, crestfallen. I can't believe you said that, Arlington being a Negro. That was omitted from the handbook for a reason. Didn't you consider the consequences? We're trying to keep control here, not just of a town, but of a nation. 
I'm sorry, Captain. I didn't know what else to say. Later on, we sat with the mayor, whom now represented the de facto leader of the remaining citizens of New Athens. I apologize for this behavior. I figured our running days were over. Seems like too many folks ain't happy being told what to do. And I want to thank your doctor here for offering to tend to those no-good fellows who descended upon your person so unceremoniously yesterday. That was mighty courteous of you, even if you are English. They should have come to see me. Guess they figured that was being told what to do. More fool them. So you're happy with assisting us? Maybe setting up a telegraph point? That's no problem at all. You do what you must. Just make sure I'm the one your people talk to. I got my head screwed on right, and that's town's very best interest at heart. Any questions, just ask me. Actually, I got one. I noticed you called the sheriff mulatto yesterday. I mean, we've got some high-ranking Negroes in our military. Is that right? You may have to entreaty with all kinds of folk. Is that going to be a problem for you? Well, I... I do wonder what kind of horrors have gone on out there that would require the United States... Reunified states. Army. To depend on not only women such as your good selves, and ladies in this I mean no offense, but you must admit your kind have been proven by history to be less able than a man. Those three fellers yesterday have broken noses that say otherwise. And prone to all sorts of hysterical overreactions due to their unbalanced and delicate sex. But to compound that, the idea that a pickaninny or even some accursed half-breed like Mary Sampson, might rise to an official position where they can legally tell a white man what to do? I confess it agitates my usually accommodating disposition. Is that so? Well, you saw what happened with that mongrel making decisions. She got half the town packing ahead west in the land of Wendigos and Indians, cannibals most likely, Chinamen, Jews... Irish and Christ knows what else. My daddy was Irish. Well, that's... So was my husband's family. I'm a limey in case that's a problem, too. Well, that's fine and dandy. I just... Yeah, I know what you just... Listen, it's getting late and I feel a fit of the vapors coming on. We'll head out of here tomorrow before the rest of them. And we'll let our people know they can move on in here and how accommodating you'll be. Can I ask a favor before that? Uh, what? I'd like to see my old house. The place I used to live. It's just across town near the creek. The one with the blue door? Oh, the Williams place. Sure, I'll ask him to show you around it. I sure got all sorts of memories of living here. It's so pretty, don't you think? Less than I remember. As she entered the house, Abigail's pace had changed from her usual strides to ginger footfalls. She gazed about the place, looking through things, not at them. The Williams family stood respectfully aside for her. Are you sure there wasn't a note? I feel like my mother would have left something for me or my brother and sister on the off chance we might swing by here again. The place was kind of a mess. I think they packed in a hurry, but there weren't no notes. We always kind of thought they took off, like they was scared of the Wendigo and headed west, like the folks in town are doing now. But there weren't no Wendigos here, neither, so if they did come a-sniffin', they left soon after. 
All right. All right. She turned to go, but then spotted something on the dresser. Oh, sir, ma'am, forgive me asking this of you after you show me this kindness already, but I'm pretty sure that's my mother's hair comb, the little blue one right there. Was that here when you arrived? It was. Please take it, Miss Gray. Thank you. I mean, I wouldn't ask, and you carry on living here with my blessing. I want to stake no claim to this house. In fact, I'm glad there are folks filling it up with life again. But I don't have anything else to remember her by. Of course. You keep it, honey. Wait, hold on. I got something, too. I didn't want to throw this away, but I'm assuming it belonged to your papa. It was the gray cap of a Confederate soldier. Abigail took it, her hands trembling slightly. Thank you. Thank you both. The captain and I found her later on the crest of a nearby hill, staring off along the horizon. You gonna be all right now? You squared? I'm squared, Captain. That guy Buck really is a piece of work, isn't he? The fact that they're losing a good leader and are left with him, it just... It, it don't feel right. You gonna try talking to the sheriff again when you get our weapons back? Maybe see if you can convince her to stay? No. That don't feel right either. Those people leaving need a good leader too. And the fact of the matter is, I can't think of a single good reason to disagree with her stance on this. Well... It's something that gets easier as time goes on. You gotta let some people go. We push too hard. And we'll fail at the greater task. But you're focusing on the people. Which means you're on the right track, nonetheless. If you say so. We don't have to leave that ass bag in charge. You could always march in there and depose him. Set someone else there in his stead. Doesn't have to be Samson. No... I've meddled enough. But I'm going to keep an eye on this place and I'll tell him so. I know it don't feel... I know it don't feel like this right now. But you did well in there. Rescued a pretty tight situation. I didn't rescue anything, Oakley. Half the town are leaving on my account, bound for all sorts of horrors, and if you'd done the talking, maybe they wouldn't be. I'm not so sure. you got to remember that with some folks, you just can't change their mind. No matter what you say. Maybe you lost this one. That doesn't mean it was winnable. It certainly doesn't mean you failed. Well, that's your opinion. Far as I'm concerned, I failed. But I'll tell you something. I got a lot more admiration for what you and Sergeant Butler do now that I've had a shot at it. I gotta apologize for being such a horse's ass. Oh, Abigail. You don't have to apologize for that. have been listening to episode 13 of Secret Rooms The Abandonment written and directed by Alexander Shaw Annie Oakley performed by Loretta Saylor 
James Penrose and Troy, performed by Alex Shaw. Abigail Gray, performed by Sharon Shaw. Mary Sampson, performed by Maureen Foley. Lucas Buck, performed by Matt Wardle. Mr. Williams, performed by Spencer Lieb. Mrs. Williams, performed by Theo Lee. Ossuary, composed and performed by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com. Make Your Decision by Dan Philipson of Shockwave Sound. Many Soundscapes by Tabletop Audio. Our $15 patrons get sponsor credit every episode, so thank you too. Joel Robinson, Benjamin Biddle, Abel Savard, Michael Hasco, Angus Lee, Marty Huey, David Sheely, Kevin Vaihi, Daniel Salguero, Connor Kennedy, Brian Novak, Evan Jankowski, Sarah Montgomery, Dan Hepner, Johan Clayson, Tyler Long, Joe Gasiga, Greg Downing, Tim Rosensky, Christopher Wolf, Kat Esman, Cassandra Newman, Timothy Green, Matthew A. Siebert, Joseph Gluck, Nick Ord, Duran Barnett, Tom Painter, Finbar Nicole, Jameis Enright, Mark Luksh, Dan Mayer, Joe Crow, Chris Finnick, Toby Jungius, Dave Hickman, Aaron Lecluse, Kieran Dashler, and Lorraine Chisholm. Just before we go, it is worth pointing out that the first book in Phase 2 of New Century has just been released, Uncivil Outlaw. And this is the first one that I am doing without the audio adaptation coming first. So that's Uncivil Outlaw, now available on Amazon, via the Kindle store, or a beautiful paperback edition. And this one is a gripping, page-turning political thriller, but it's also filled with mayhem, action, and humor. So if you've read or listened up to Steamheart, this book is your next port of call. And if you've already read it, Uncivil Outlaw could do with a few reviews. 